Ready? Yes. <clears throat> okay. How is everybody? Hello. How are we doing? It's another <laughs> Monday. What's going on? Another Monday. Another Monday. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, man. What a time. To be alive. What a fucking time. Jesus. Things are a shit show right now, am I right? I don't know. I'm pretty excited about Trump being president. I don't know about you. Oh, like, it's going to be fuck. a great time. Yeah, no, that's pure sarcasm. I really just, I really just, I really, yeah, I just, mm, I just don't know. I okay. Just, I just can't. I, like, I don't even want to... We could spend a whole podcast talking about it, but I just don't even want to give it that time. Right. Like, no. it, it's so ridiculous and absurd to me that I think everybody who needs to get it gets it. Yeah. It, we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. But what what's going on with your life? Oh, my God, with my life. Um, My dad's been having a lot of issues with his health, uh-huh. and I think it's just kind of, like, finally scared me into losing the weight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so terrified of... Because everybody side of the family has such major health issues and like we've lost two people to cancer my dad's had cancer my grandmother's had four strokes at this point and like they're all overweight yeah and so much of their weight I mean obviously some of it's genetic but then the rest of it is their weight contributing you know my cousin is now who's closest to my age is now 400 pounds and had to have his thyroid taken out and like has no bone or muscle definition anymore because he's so blown up and, like, so unhealthy. And I'm like, I just don't want to keep going on the path I'm going and get to that point. Wow. So I got to lose the weight. I got to, yeah. I got to, I got to lose the weight. That's where I'm at. That's, like, my biggest that. thing. What about you? No, that's, that's, that's good. I respect that. But um, for me, I guess I'm kind of at a low point. I am having, because I'm fully like spending seven hours a day studying Mm -hmm. for the LSA it's just it's my life and like I have never worked harder for anything and I'm my social relationships are dwindling and like my I'm thinking about not going home for Thanksgiving so that I can study and I just don't know where I'm at right now and I just feel a lot of pressure yeah I'm sure you know that I'm putting on myself you know like everyone else is being so supportive and I'm like completely doing this to myself but like I just don't I don't know like I'm, I'm ready for this chapter of my life to be over with and oh, I'm yeah. ready to dude but you're gonna ace it you're yeah. gonna do great and yeah. it's gonna be great well, and thank it's you. gonna be wonderful and you're gonna get all the law schools you apply to and yes. it's gonna be great I hope so it's gonna it's be great, gonna be great. <laughs> No, that's what we're keeping our fingers crossed for. It's what, it's what, it's what we came here for. So it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But yes, yeah, so, so along with my studying, I'll like get up, go to class, do homework, study for the LSAT, and then I'll just start like binge drinking. <laughs> Not that I ever promote that healthy drink. Drink the way you feel. I don't drink the way you feel. Um, <laughs> Don't drink to uh, feel. Just like I don't know. It's a life choice that I it choose to indulge in, mm-hmm. and it makes I enjoy doing it. It makes me feel you do better it with reason. I mean, yeah. you're not like getting drunk and hurting people or going out no. on the road naked or something. No, like, I'll just have a bottle of wine and like right. sit with myself, you know, <laughs> or not sit with myself. I'll That's healthy introspection, you know. Right? Like you know, I just get drunk and think about myself. You know, this is how, <laughs> how life goes. You know, this is my meditation. Right, right. A bottle of wine and I myself. Love it. But lately, I've been 
I, I've discovered that, that with my body, mm-hmm. that if I drink like vodka, soda, and Mio, I won't get as hungover, so I can drink like the little more squirty that. things. Yes, so I'll like bring it with me to parties. I'll bring it to wow. the bar. Like, Dude, mind blown. Man. It's so. I've good. never even thought about putting that in alcohol. It's so good. So like, you're not drinking your calories, and they have the energy ones. Yeah, too. I use the energy ones. Yeah. It's blue. It turns your shit blue, but, like, I don't care. Like, Wow, that just blew my mind. It's so good. It's I highly recommend it. You're what only, flavor? What's your favorite I flavor? like the white citrus, I think. I think it's called white citrus, but it's weird because it's blue, and white citrus really isn't a flavor, so I don't really know. <laughs> white citrus isn't a flavor. It isn't. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that's tropical really breeze. What the fuck does that even mean? Um, but, yeah, no, it's good, though. That's what I've been That's what I've been into lately. I've been feeling it. This Drink of the wavy. Right? It sounds dope. Yes. But what about you? What is your movie? Oh, my movie is Hello, Dolly. Like, I'm sorry. Hi, Barbara. Marry me. Hello, Barbara. Uh, um, I... The movie... I mean, like, I, I... It's Barbara. Like, I don't need to give you a reason why it's great. But <laughs> um, the movie itself is just, like, about her... And how she's just kind of this badass woman in an era where there weren't, you know, like, women weren't allowed to be badass women, which makes no fucking sense, but whatever. Um, And, like, she arranges everything. I mean, she she makes the men more money, and she gets them relationships, and, like, the stuff that is very significant to that era, obviously. But um, there's a song in the end of it that is her and um, Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong. Not, like, they oh. got a replication and, like, threw his voice in there. It's, like, him and her singing together, and it's this beautiful moment. She starts scatting, and he's singing like she does, and uh-huh. it's just, like, my New Orleans brain mixed with, like, Barbara brain just, like, it implodes. They had a baby in. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> so, so good. Okay. And, um... Cool. Yeah, I love that movie. I okay. love it so much. It's very cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, basically, so I guess talking about what we're getting into today... Mm-hmm. Um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who's actually here today, we'll introduce him in a minute, about dating apps and mm-hmm. just how it all works. I've been in a committed relationship for a while, and even, like, before then, I just never really got into Tinder. I went on, like, one Tinder date, that's all I really did. I dabbled in Bumble for a little bit, but that mm-hmm. was, like, for a friend, not really for a significant mm-hmm. other or a date or a hookup or anything. And I just want to know, like... I know kind of what it's like for heterosexual culture and mm-hmm. like, but but what about you know LGBTQ culture and dating apps? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I want to get like you and Connor's perspective on it. And um, okay. so in order to to get the conversation started, I wanted to bring in a friend of mine from high school. His name is Connor, and. Tell, your, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Eliza, for inviting me to be here and to speak about this. Um, I guess the best way to explain myself is Eliza and I have been best friends probably since sophomore year of high school. We've stayed in contact. We're now both seniors in college. I currently am a senior at the University of Alabama. She, as everyone I think knows, is a senior at FSU. We're both pre-law. We have very similar sociological interests and ideologies. And I guess that's the most I can say for right now. I think she's going to ask me a couple questions that are a little bit more pointed and direct that she yeah. can bring out a little bit more of my personality and my experiences that they want to talk about. Of course, yeah. How um, how do you identify? Okay, so I think the point of this podcast is to talk about certain things through an LGBTQ, LGBTQ lens, and so I am an openly gay male at Alabama from a very conservative part of the South, and so just, I guess, how I identify is as openly gay. And can I ask you what that's like, the experiences you've had? 
Um, that's a very broad question. Uh, I don't know. So obviously the point of this conversation will probably delve into a lot more of that. Um, it's been a learning experience and thankfully, uh, just given my own family and friends and social situations, I've had a very positive experience with it. Um, I have no regrets. I'm a very happy individual now at 21 years old, um, who went through a lot of issues coming out and dealt with a lot of struggles, I think just as everyone else has in the community, but openly a positive experience and overall glad that I am who I am, proud of who I am, and glad to be here and talking about all of it. You should be, one, congrats, because coming out is, is a big deal. I know that from experience. Um, but for me, my big question for you, because I know for me as a lesbian, it, it plays a big part. Does being in the South play a part in dating just as a general? Is it harder to find guys? Is it not does it affect you at all um i don't know if the south has very much so been a major factor maybe that's because i have no experiences with any other region significantly um i've only ever been in the southeast since i've been openly gay and so i don't know if it's been a hindering factor thankfully i go to a very large district one college there are a lot of people there there are definitely lgbt LGBTQ members there. I've met a significantly large number of people and haven't had any significant personal issues with finding people that I've been interested in, have gone on dates with, have done more than just dates with. Um, maybe a bigger city, I think, has things to play with that. I look at it from a statistical point of view. When you have more members of the population in a certain area, you're going to run into more people of the same orientation of you, and you have more opportunity to meet more people in larger cities, in larger urban areas, population centers. And so I don't know if the South has necessarily been an issue. There are definitely some stigmas, and I definitely carry myself in a certain way around my friends and in the community and have curated an image of myself, I would say, as a result of being from where I'm from and having gone to school where I did, but I don't think as a whole it has been a hindering factor or a negative one. And when did you come out? I came out more public. It was coming out is definitely a process that happens mm -hmm. phase by phase. Okay. So um, you could ask, when did I know I was gay? I probably knew I was gay as soon as I started thinking on a more sexually active scale. So 12, 13, when you actually, hormones start hitting you, you realize what you're attracted to um, at that's, those points in time. So did I? that's about when I knew I was attracted to guys. Would have never said I was gay, not because um, there were no, like steep social conditions that affected that. It's just, as Eliza knows, we grew up in a really small town, really Southern conservative. Not even that there's there was a negative connotation to being gay in the community that we were brought up in, just that there was no visibility for it. Yeah. We didn't have any friends that were openly gay. I don't have any family members at that point in time who were openly gay. I didn't know any gay couples. There were just one or two people in high school that we knew might be. Yeah. Um, as a whole, like you see on social media, you see in just the mainstream things that are presented to you at that point in time in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, yeah. before 2010, there just wasn't a lot of it. So there just wasn't visibility for it. And so, um, wouldn't I, would not have identified as gay, not because of a negative connotation towards it just because you didn't know that that was an option I think where we grew up gotcha. no exactly I totally agree with you when so you don't have it wasn't. people that yeah no when you it don't have wasn't. people that look like you or believe like you or express the things that you want them to then mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so through retrospective, like, reflection, that's when I kind of realized, that's when I started knowing that I was gay. Yeah. But it didn't take until actually going to college, being in a much larger area. So Gulf Breeze, where we're from, is uh, maybe 6,000 people at the most. The high school we graduated with had 384 people in our graduating class. Yeah. Um, moving to Alabama, being in a freshman class with 7,000 freshmen, out of school with 32,000 was obviously a culture shock and a much bigger thing. Um, also much more socially accepting, even though it is the University of Alabama and has all of its own hurdles that that school has been through in its own time. Um, uh, there was a lot of exploration and my entire freshman year and beginning first semester of sophomore year was a lot of turmoil, uh, trying to come to terms with identifying as being gay. I think the first time I actually admitted out loud to anyone that I knew personally that I thought or knew that I was gay was end of my first semester sophomore year mm -hmm. and those were two fraternity brothers and they happened to receive that wonderfully and I'm so thankful for that and then very shortly after came out to Eliza and my two other best friends Maurice and Marina at the same time that was over Christmas break um, at that point I would consider myself openly gay more and more of my actual close friends knew still had not told anybody within my close personal family until that summer and then it took an entire another year to actually tell my dad who was the last immediately immediate family member that I told and then I can still say that extended family does not know but at this point I'm 21 years old I'm a senior in college and as far as I consider myself I'm openly gay there's no more hiding if anyone would ever ask me I'm very blunt and yeah I like guys okay good for you man uh what's question one more time um when did you have we gone over when you came out, how that was? R roughly. roughly. I mean, I I knew I was gay from the time I, like, have a memory. Like, I, I remember that from, yeah. like, forever. I think I was, like, four or five, which is crazy. But ever since then, I've always had attraction to women. Okay. Um, but I... I, like, like you said, it wasn't an option. Like, it just was not an option here. And so... I was very, very Christian. I grew up very Christian. And um, so I just suppressed it and suppressed it and suppressed it. I was in like a four-year relationship with a guy, and that went horribly. Mm -hmm. And so then I fell in love with this woman. I mean, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. It was also my boss at the time, so that was great. She, um, And then I knew that I just couldn't not be gay. Okay. Like, it would just be a disservice to myself okay. to not at least explore it and give it a shot. So I came out to my friends first, which I think is the usual progression because you're on a much more personal level with your friends, especially when your family is the more conservative side of it. Um, and then on Christmas last year, I came out to my mom. And then I came out to my dad a few months after that. Okay. So upon when did you start using social media dating apps? Okay, so uh, this predated me actually coming out because okay. there was kind of just, uh, you get introduced to the idea of it. So coming out of high school, had no idea what any kind of social media dating app was. At the end of senior year, I think we had heard about Tinder. That was yeah, maybe, maybe the beginning of it, no except idea. still at that point in time, you're supposed to be 18 to use it okay. and blah, 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 blah. And then the idea of just swiping left or right on someone was just absolutely absurd in my brain as a senior <laughs> in high school. 
Um, at that point, I can actually still remember having uh, crushes on girls and was still just trying to be the all-American boy kind of mm -hmm. concept. And so everything was happening in person in high school the way that you think about it. There's really no need when you're surrounded by people and peers of your age eight hours a day to be looking online for... Um, relationships, and at that point, I also was still not entertaining the idea of being gay. Then uh, college rolls around, and entire like first semester of freshman year, definitely still like thinking that I am attracted to girls, looking for a girlfriend, like talking to sorority girls, going to date functions, inviting them to our date functions as a fraternity member. Um, definitely still interested in girls, and then early spring. Uh, freshman second semester one of my fraternity brothers who was older came out as openly gay while he was running for student body president at the University of Alabama and so that was when I kind of got a little bit more introduced to the idea of openly gay people mm -hmm. a close at that time I would have called it a close friend mentor person in my fraternity that I respected a lot came out as gay and that kind of just blew my mind um, that that was a thing, especially at Alabama. And then just within that social circle, you f start finding out there are apps for dating, there's Tinder. It's so much more normal to be using those in college because you're in a much larger population area. You want to be introduced to as many people as possible, and the organic method through classes and just meeting people the way that biology or the world would have normally accepted isn't exactly what our generation was doing. And yeah. so you find out about Tinder, you find out about, especially from LGBTQ perspective, you find about find out about gay hookup apps, gay dating apps such as Grindr, Scruff, Bumble, yeah. um, Hornet. There's an entire list that goes on and on, but those are probably some of the four most popular. Um, and the first time I remember downloading Grindr was spring break freshman year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was actually home and in town, and that was the first time I've ever used a social media app, per se, for dating. Uh-huh. Okay. When did you start? Um, <laughs> I was, when I came out, I mean, like, before I came out, I was like, when I came out to Jenna, I, who's one of my best friends, um, when I came out to her, it was just like a relief. It was that first time that I had even said it out loud. Yeah. So before that, there was just, I didn't even, nothing. It was just men. Yeah. Like I wasn't even looking. And <clears throat> when I did come out, I was so infatuated with said woman that I like, I wasn't even looking at that point. So I think it was maybe two or three months after that, when I realized that was going nowhere, that I finally started doing it. And there is nothing for lesbians. Okay. There's, I mean, there's her. Um, but even that is just sad. Now, then I went to LA yes. <laughs> for the first time and opened my tender and that was a totally different story. Okay. Um, so I, I travel a lot, especially in the big gay cities because that's a lot of what I do is drag work. And that means New York and LA and San Francisco and Oregon and things like that where it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's wonderful. Down here, I don't, I, I try to use them. It never, never works. Okay. Um, but it was probably two, two or three months after I came out. All right. I don't remember the first time I, I've only used Tinder and Bumble. I don't really know much about the others, um, <laughs> or really much about Tinder and Bumble. I used Bumble for the BFF option mm -hmm. over my summer internship and I met a lot of really cool girls and we went shopping and hung out a lot. And then when I used Tinder, 
I was, I don't even know which way is yes. I, I had to ask Shelby. I was like, is it left or right? Or like, which way am I swiping? I don't freaking know. Um, I just don't know much about them. I don't know much about the culture. I, I did meet a Tinder boy, but it was very awkward and weird and we had coffee together and he was just gross. And I just wasn't a fan. And I just, I, I have a weird stigma that, that isn't warranted towards Tinder dating apps, but I, I definitely want to know more about them and why you, why we, obviously why we use them, but like, just how, how, how it comes, how. So, let's start with Tinder. How do you, how do you use Tinder? What do you, what do you look for in Tinder? Okay, so I guess I'll start. Um... First of all, okay, so Tinder, when you are a homosexual male, mm -hmm. is probably the more legitimate looking for real dates in a relationship app okay. as far as the gay community would so mindset would perceive it. At least that's how I perceive it, and that's how I, I would think that most people go on that app looking for it. Um, obviously, like, it has your face on it. You have a myriad of pictures. You can attach social media links like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter to it. And so generally the people that are on Tinder are openly gay and looking for something a little bit more serious than just a hookup. But that doesn't mean that people on there aren't looking to hook up, and that doesn't mean that everyone fits into that category. Mm -hmm. I've met people who have just wanted to hook up. I've met people who say that they're still in the closet or not actually comfortable disclosing themselves as openly gay or bi or whatever they classify themselves as. But for the most part, if you're a man seeking a man, then... Tinder is the relationship building platform or the friendship building platform. And so that's how I've approached using it. Most people that I match with, it's a casual conversation about interests, commonalities, where we're from, what we're doing, what we're interested in, um, more long term. Okay. And if something comes of that, most of them have been actual like coffee dates, grabbing drinks at a bar, something much more casual and no strings attached. Cool. Um, and there's no physical expectation behind it. Okay. So relationshipy. Yes. Gotcha. What about your experience, shall we? Um, with Tender Tender is my most used one. Um, but it's it's much more of a uh, Tender is my most used app. It is definitely more of a hookup app for lesbians. Um it's, it's not really for relationships. I think Tinder, you get more information about the person than any other app. Like you, there's just much more bio space. You can link it to your Spotify. You can link it to your Instagram. You can link it to one other one that I don't remember. Um, but there's just a lot more information about you. And something else I'll interject here that's mm -hmm. nice about Tinder is generally you have to link a Facebook profile. Facebook yes. profile, and so your identity is more verified gotcha. than whether or not you're just creating a profile with an email address and choosing whatever picture you so want mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. use to represent yourself on. So Tinder, at least for me, I'm much more trustful of the people that I match with on Tinder because it's much harder to get catfished, per se, okay. or feel like you're meeting a fake person because mm -hmm. you have a little bit more social media verification of who the person is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still possible, but a lot less likely. Yeah. Um, 
And are you more willing to give information on Tinder? I'm not willing to give information at all. Okay. Ever. So do you link, can you not link your Facebook or is that like? You have to link your absolutely. Facebook, but it's not like they can get to your, it's just like that's your sign in. Um, you sign in with Facebook. But they can see your profile. Right. They can't, it doesn't list. just like take them. Yeah. Yes. Got it. So and it usually have... imports your photos, like your profile, the first six it picks from you or the first six profile photos that you have on Facebook. But can you customize? Yeah. Yes. And so that's just like the automatic setting that um, Tinder uses. And as I currently understand that Tinder is a subsidiary of Facebook and that is why that happens. So whenever Tinder was originally created, it prob- was probably much more anonymous and user controlled. Gotcha. But since Facebook has acquired Tinder, mm-hmm. um, now it's, more it's much more connected. Yeah. And so you have to link a Facebook account to use Tinder, except as you can then customize your profile, the pictures you choose, you can link Instagram. That's all I have linked currently, and it just—it just, it immediately shows your location, um, any occupation that you've posted on Facebook, yeah. and your age, your age okay. and your schooling. And do you put how you identify? Like Mm-mm. the way Tinder works is you—you you don't like openly put oh. on it is that you are LGBTQ or yeah. heterosexual or whatever you identify as. Yes. Except in the settings when you go and search mm-hmm. for people, okay. so you pick your preferences. So you pick your preferences, and so you can pick girls and guys. You can pick only girls. You can pick only guys. And so obviously, if you're a guy looking for other guys, gotcha. It's only going to show you guys who are also looking for other guys. And. So because you have all of this information available to you, mm-hmm. what do you, what is the guiding factor? Do you look at pictures? Do you look at bio? Do you look at, like, what is, what is So it? my formula for Tinder is the swipe is just your picture. If I am immediately attracted to you, then I'll swipe right. And then if you message me or if I really like you and I go into your profile, then I'll read your bio and then I'll message you. Gotcha. That's the way I do it. But the swiping process, I don't like click, read the bio, and then swipe. I just swipe really? solely based on picture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have to preface my Tinder use with a little bit of a um, disclaimer. So primarily looking for a long-term relationship on Tinder is how I describe how I use it. That doesn't okay. mean that I've never used it to hook up, and it doesn't mean that the people I've matched with are people who I actually find myself as a, the type that I would find attractive in a relationship. And so I am currently at a stage in my life where I'm trying to expand my network of friends, my experiences. I'm looking for opportunities to travel, have people to meet, and um, I'm I'm what I would self-describe as sapiosexual, so I'm attracted to intelligence and stimulating conversation, and so... Um, There have been situations where when I look at Tinder, I don't necessarily always just look at the profile picture. I look at the education level, the age, the occupation. I've matched with 45-year-old men who have an Ivy League education who are CEOs of companies, and I'll swipe right on that type of person with no expectation of trying to hook up with them, but just want to have the opportunity to talk about their life experiences and what they know, because that's something that is really intriguing to me, is to see someone who is an openly gay male who is in his 40s or 50s, who has an Ivy League education and is either a lawyer or a doctor some like strong societally accepted occupational role and I think that's just an awesome opportunity to not pass up um, just because of some physical pretext that I'm 21 years old and shouldn't be hooking up with that type of person and so I don't necessarily go into that type of conversation then with that person with the concept that I want to go on a date with them or want to have sex with them or etc etc I'm Mostly just looking for stimulating conversation and then seeing what happens as a result of that. But there are also then very attractive people who are much closer to my peer group and age group that maybe I am a little bit more physically interested in. No, that's that's totally fair. And, like, that makes sense given that, like, your cultures use them differently. 
mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. the expectations attached to each of them. But what, what do you, how do you tailor? Like, what do, how do you present? So, given the way that lesbians look at Tinder and the way that gay males look at Tinder, how do you present yourself? Okay, so I will just open up my Tinder currently right now and read my profile um, and what it says about me because I think that's probably the easiest way. So first of all, Eliza's saying, how do you present yourself? <laughs> and so Tinder also just recently, probably in the past two months, implemented a thing that's called Smart Photos. And so they've been using an algorithm that aligns your photos that people see first based on the people who swiped right on that photo. Oh, wow. So that, that's, that's something I think that's relatively new to Tinder. And so, But if you want to know the pictures that I use on Tinder, they're all appropriate. Um, there's only one that's almost shirtless, except it's just my clavicle up and my face, and it's probably the fav- favorite picture that I've probably taken of me. But, um... That's also my top, like, photo, apparently. Um, but... Ooh, they like the clavies! But what I've used, for the most part, all of my pictures have been imported from Instagram, and they're probably the more, like, most like pictures. Um, I actually have gone on a date with someone before that I've met off of Tinder and Bumble, and what they said about my profile was, you're smile was really intoxicating and it looks like you have a great time and so looking at my I look genuinely happy and like I said earlier when I introduced myself I think at this point where I am with my friends and how I feel about myself I actually am and so I think my profile represents that if you want to know my bio um, it says I'm really good at turning wine into not wine Um, and interning in Houston because I have accepted an accounting internship and will be interning with a big four accounting firm okay. in downtown Houston from January through March. Alabama senior because that's the school what I go are, to yeah. and what I am. And then accounting pre-law because those are the two designations that I'm studying. Okay. And so that's just a tidbit into me. I don't like to be the type of person that dumps everything into their bio because my philosophy on it is if you want to know more about me, ask me. Okay. All right. Shawbell? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read mine. Um, <laughs> just because it's Ready the most the boring thing in the whole wide world. Sit on my face. <sighs> um, I struggle a lot just because my body doesn't match my personality at all. And with lesbians, there's really only two categories. Now, every lesbian's going to slap me for saying this, but it's true if you think about it. There's lipsticks and there's butches. And then there's all these little things that fall under lipstick and there's all these little things that fall under butch. And I have a butch body, but I'm a lipstick lesbian. And so my main profile picture, my most popular profile picture is me in full glam. I mean, just full face. That's a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to put a pin in that one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sorry, you in full Um, face. Me in full face, and that's the one that does the best. Okay. But then when they meet me in person, they're not expecting me to look the way that I do. Gotcha. They're expecting much skinnier. They're expecting not so muscly and, like, bulky. I mean, I'm just, I have a butch body. Even if I lost 100 pounds, I'd still have a butch body. Like, it's just the way I'm, I'm built. Um, so for me, it's hard. I, I am somebody who... I wouldn't say that I was sapiosexual because I'm not so much attracted to um, 
intellectual the intellectual side of things I'm attracted to ambition okay. I'm attracted to somebody who has a mission for their life who has a plan for their life is working for a dream or is okay. working for a purpose has something driving them on a daily yeah. basis and like I can you, say I respect <clears throat> that a lot too and I definitely agree with that because I would have to say as much as I like having a person I can sit to and like dig through every deep hitting social and political topic mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you don't want to go anywhere through life I'm also going to struggle with you yeah. a little bit too yeah well that's hard like how are we supposed to like jive together if you just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day like one day yeah that's great but I need you to have an underlying purpose with your life of okay. some kind so for me when I'm reading the bio I'm if it's Tinder and since we're doing Tinder if it's Tinder it's usually just a hookup for me gotcha. like that's that's what Tinder's yeah, usually used for totally fair. Um, but my bio is like, I'm in school, I'm gotcha. a poli-sci major, like, it's just the most gotcha. boring thing in the world. No, okay. it's totally fair. I know when I used it, I would, I would always read the bios, because I just think they're funny, like, I don't want to see what you have to say, like, mm-hmm. tell me how big your dick is, I don't fuck, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I just want to know, and... I don't know. I'm also attracted to intelligence, so I really don't care what people look like. I would hardly, like, I'd look at the first picture and not swipe through, like, look through the others. But, um, yeah, that's just... Well, and I do want to clarify All right, that me. when I say I'm not attracted to intelligence, oh, no. well, no, no, let me just clarify for those little peeps out there. When I say I'm not attracted to intelligence, that doesn't mean I don't want to, like, I want to be with somebody who can't add two and two, but <laughs> not going to fly. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to swipe left on that one. But I... I am much more attracted to your personality and your drive than I am. Like, you don't have to be a road Scholar to be with me is what I'm going for here. I feel oh you. I only take road Scholars, so um, <laughs> I'm going to need a resume along with that Tinder profile. Thank you. But, um, yeah, let's let's move on off of Tinder. There's, okay. I, Bumble's like the same premise, right? I don't want to spend too yeah, much time on it. Yeah, really it really is. Yeah, it might as well be. Uh, okay. Most of the people who are on Bumble are also on Tinder, okay. as far as I've experienced. Bumble, at least in my experience, um, on the guy side, has been a little bit more attractive. At least people that I'm more attracted to, I've found on Bumble. Gotcha. And I've also seen much more social media popular, if you want to call social media, Instagram famous, Twitter famous, Facebook famous. People, I've seen them more on Bumble than I have on Tinder. And so, um, at least the opportunities that I've had to meet people who, um, within my own peer group, who have a large social media following, I've met those type of people more from Bumble than I have from Tinder. Well, and the thing that makes Bumble different than Tinder Uh is that it's, it makes it so, um... I don't want to say homophobic, that's far, but like it still bothered me when I opened the app is that the guy has to message the girl first, but when you're gay on the app, it doesn't matter. Oh, I thought it was the, the other way around. I thought oh, it was the other way around. That's what I mean. Yeah. The girl has to message the guy first, sorry. Uh, otherwise, the guy doesn't get anything out of it, but when you're gay, I don't know how There's the algorithm works yeah, with it, that it because doesn't... I use Bumble and I think and from what I can tell with the way the app has interacted with me, mm-hmm. that it seems like it's like. Okay, so you like every other match you have, your responsibility is to match, message person first. See, and I can message first. anybody. Really? Yeah, I can message anybody, and anybody can message me. I, maybe that's because I'm a guy. Maybe, and that's what's so weird about that's the algorithm. Is How like, do you figure that out? It doesn't suit LGBT on the app because it doesn't. It, it has the option, it but I, it's not perfected for yeah, our no. community gotcha. at all. Gotcha. So I kind of want to move into apps that have been, you know, detailed for your community. Okay. And um. Let's talk about Grinder. Okay. How, how what uh, what why for how come? So okay, actually, can we start with Shelby's perception of Grinder? As yeah. A well, so lesbian I, female? I think this. Okay. So as most of you guys know, I am a huge drag. I mean, that's just what I work in. I work in the drag scene, and especially with RuPaul girls, 
and I'm not going to use any names, but with RuPaul girls, that is how they hook up when they're doing shows, Mm -hmm. which for most of them is 24-7. I mean, they're never not on the road doing a show. So when they're in a new town, they open Grindr when they land the plane, they give somebody a free ticket to their show, or they they invite them to come, they hook up, they go back to their hotel afterwards. And it's a very casual thing. I've had some very sketchy experiences with queens that I've been with or that I've been working with that just like pick up and leave and they're gone. Um, so for me, my perception prescription <laughs> my perception of Grindr is that it's just like this crazy hookup app that is like, are you a top or a bottom? Uh, are you down to hook up? Yes, okay, and then they meet and they hook up and that's the end of the night. That's my that's my experience of the app. Okay. So obviously being the gay male here, I have to say that I am definitely the most experienced with it because it is definitely an <laughs> app. That is curated specifically for gay males. Uh, I have gotten trashed and talked to many a gay male on Connor's Grinder. So, yeah, to caveat that, <laughs> Eliza has gotten trashed and used my account to Take interact with people. Boy. So, that oh would be God. the definition of a catfish. The person behind the profile is not. It's a girl of all things. Is not what you were looking for. Um, okay, so. <laughs> So Eliza asked, just kind of from a more educational perspective, yes. like what is Grinder? And so my biggest question is like, how? What is on the profile? Okay, so so I'll go into like what is Grinder. So just technically, so app that is for meeting guys, guys meeting guys. Right. So then you're then like everyone is always ever heard it being being described as the Tinder for gay guys, except Tinder, just the way the app works is a swipe left a swipe right you have cards and people and then you match with people who mutually swipe right on each other the way grinder works is grinder is a grid that is location based based on the people around you and so (laughs) grinder shows you a grid i think the number in the old there there's been an update in the past couple months in the old app it was 150 people that's just me counting the squares on the grid that i got and then in the new app i think it's closer to 100 that they updated and so you have 100 profiles sorted by distance so it's the proximity to you within a radius so the closest person to me is who shows up right next to my profile. And then obviously it spans out. If you have the unpaid version of the app, the only filter you can use to sort guys by is age. And so um, that's how the app works. If you were curious, you see the 100 profiles closest to you. And you can select a profile, and you have the option to message, and you have the option to block or report. So those are the... the three options for Grinder, And so, like we talked about with Tinder earlier, Tinder is slightly verified by having to link a Facebook profile. Mm -hmm. And so, for the most part, there's a little bit of trust in the fact that your profile is who you are. There's most definitely been, like, a rampant issue in the past and probably currently with Grinder as it stands, but people can put up whatever picture they want to put up, and it does not have to be a face picture. Um, It is... And people don't always represent themselves as who they are and then you also get companies that create apps to send advertisements and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's the biggest thing is people call them bots and you get this profile of this immaculately gorgeous guy who's in his 20s who claims to be a porn star. Please like my page. Those are scams to get you to put your credit card into a site that um, is fraudulent and hmm. 
you uh-huh. offer your credit card information. Okay, like, sure. watch my video, like, but to enter into the site, you have to give, like, all this information. Um, I might hook up with you after type of, and they're bots, and I, I can definitely say that I'm the type of person that will play with those type of profiles because I'm just curious what the computer-generated responses are. It'll be like, oh, hey, hey, and then sends a... 10 different nude pictures um, of their, like I said, porn star level bodies, and they look like professional athletes and have 10-inch dicks. Wow. And and then I'll be like, oh, sweet, what are you into? And then they're like, oh, like, like I'll hook up with you on one condition, and it's like you have to like enter into my site and up-like my page. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the site. Like, what's going on? I've never opened the site. Like, oh, no, I put in my credit card. Like, why can't I see you? And so I troll uh-huh. bots for the sake of it, and then and end up reporting the conversation eventually. But awesome. um, and so I also have to precurse my experience with Grinder is the fact that um, the only time I'm on Grinder is mostly when I'm incredibly bored in a social situation. And okay. so um, Grinder, as Shelby said earlier, is a hookup app, and I've had my fair share of physical interactions with guys on Grinder. But I'm now at a point where it's, for the most part, like, I spend an absurd amount of time on it if I'm bored. It's the social media app that I will go to first just because Mm. I'm curious who's around me, who wants to talk to me, who's messaging me. Um, Right now, my current profile picture on the app is the same first picture that is on my Tinder app. And that is what is kind of considered, depending on your location, a little bit of anomaly, an anomaly because it is a full like picture of my face that expresses a little bit of my body type and um so the way a tinder profile not a tinder a grinder profile looks is you have the picture you choose to put some people you, you don't have to put anything up if you don't want to it can be a blank space that is allowed on the app and uh you get I think 20 characters for a profile name. Mine currently just is a picture of an elephant because I use because I go to the University of Alabama. And then you are then allowed to show your height, your weight, your ethnicity, your body type, which is designated as um, average, toned, slim, stocky, muscular are the options for that. And then you have ethnicity, which would be. Um, let me look it up. Ethnicities are white, South Asian, Native American, mixed, Middle Eastern, Latino, Black, Asian, and you can choose not to show. Um, that is that is one of the things that is with every option on your grinder profile is you don't have to disclose gotcha. what you look like or who you are. Um, I choose to do so just because with my own personal experience, the more information you give, the more likely you are to be contacted by people on the app. So like I said earlier, um, the major primary focus is to message someone. If you look at a profile and see it, you can message that person. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to answer you, just that you can send them a message. And so the way I've perceived Grindr working is the more information you put out there for people to see, the more likely they are to message you. And that also con- comes with the connotation that Eliza and I have discussed before, and I think Shelby and I kind of touched on really briefly before this podcast started, is that I am a tall, young, all-American kind of boyish type. I have a strong jawline, and I smile, pretty eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm relatively in shape for my age group, and I go to an decent school like there there's not a lot to dislike about my profile and that's not saying that I'm universally liked it's just that I've received a lot of attention on the app there's and no red so flags. so yeah. for the most part th- that's 
for me, the more information I disclose, the more success I've driven out because I'm 6'3", I weigh 200 pounds, I have a relatively fit body type. Like, what the gay community looks for is kind of the stereotype that I fit. And what society perceives as, like, the gay male that is acceptable is kind of me, the slightly masculine, slightly athletic, intelligent, not flamboyant per se, not that I want to define what flamboyancy would be, just that I am the average type of dude as far as society would be concerned, that also just happens to like guys. Okay. And so I think society accepts me as that, and that is attractive to a lot of guys on the app. And obviously there are different things that guys are attracted to. There are definitely people who specifically look for feminine, flamboyant, younger, slim, twink types. And then there are also, I just have perceived a much larger people who are looking for the toned, masculine, athletic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever... So adjective does, you want to use. Does mask for mask and twink bear all of that, does that come in on your bio or is that an option? Or is it um, only the body type that they give okay. you? Okay, so like I said, you can go with body type and body type, as I said earlier, toned, average, large, muscular, slim, mm-hmm. and stocky. And then I describe myself just as toned, um, just as personal preference. Like I said, it's not like Grinder defines this for you, you get to self-describe. And then you can say... Um, your relationship status, which would be single, partnered, open relationship, married, exclusive, engaged, dating, committed, or choose not to show. I describe <laughs> myself as single because I am. I, and then there are things called grinder tribes, which would be your stereotypical what the gay community classifies you as. So you that's have. That's called a tribe. That's how grind. That's just what grinder calls it. Oh, okay. So I don't know if the gay community would call it a tribe. It's just. A stereotype. It's a stereotypical, like... Okay, gotcha. I get it. ...classification of your age group type, body type, et cetera, et cetera. And so that on Grindr can be described as a bear, you're clean cut, you're a daddy, you're discreet, you're geek, you're a jock, you're into leather, you're an otter, you're... See, these are what I'm used to hearing. Your paws, so HIV positive, and rugged, trans, or twink. So do you need a classification on what any of those are? No, what the fuck? Okay, (laughs) so obviously, so this is, again, my perception of what all these are. You can probably look any of these up on Urban Dictionary. Mm -hmm. But so a bear would be probably the middle-aged to older male who is largely built. That might mean muscular. That might mean overweight. That Whatever that could be perceived as. And hairy. That is a bear. (laughs) And then you have clean cut, which is probably what I would describe myself as, clean shaven, tall, well-dressed, athletic, etc. So clean cut, when you think of, kind of like military, like what you'd expect, like a dress code and a very strict conservative set of guidelines is how you carry yourself and dress yourself. Then discreet is... Um, so just because you're on Grindr doesn't necessarily mean you're openly gay. You might be bi. You might just be curious about trying things out with guys. Um, it just means you would prefer that your identity not be disclosed. Oh, wow. Is what I would describe discreet as. You have daddy, which yeah. is, I think, could be perceived as anything that is a middle-aged man. Uh-huh. That could be perceived as a father type. And there are different realms of daddy. You have the... Um, 
really in shape, wealthy, attractive, clean cut daddy types. You have the average all-American dad looking type. And then you have people who are celebrities like Colton Haynes who have been described as daddy. And Colton Haynes is 28 years old and is in shape and mm-hmm. just a celebrity. Wow. And the gay Daddy's community hard. the gay community dislikes daddy as a, it's more of an affectionate I'm attracted to you. And mm-hmm. probably carries that like I would let you control my life. Gosh. Not or I not control my life, but I would do a lot to be with you. Okay. Type of perception. Gotcha, gotcha. So Can you be more than one? Yes. You can select as many select as many as you like on Grinder. Okay. Oh, um yeah, so then there's Daddy Discreet, Geek, Geeky, yeah. um, Jock, Athletic, <laughs> Leather. So then within the gay erotica realm, Mm -hmm. I would say. There's a lot of bondage and leather and costumes and et cetera, et cetera, that are tied to what is leather. And so... And I also want to add that, like... And I'm sure I have way more exposure to this than normal because all of my... I am much more friendship-wise attracted to gay males. Like, I just seem to just magnetize them into my life for some reason. And so anytime we go to an event, like, they just introduce themselves. And, like, then you realize when you go that every single person you just shook hands with is a porn star. Which, like, not that I have a problem with that, but I didn't realize how big the scene was and how casual it is. And it's, like, (laughs) I'm not going to use names, but, like, I have one friend who just, like, lets um, the other friend use his, like, spare bedroom to shoot pornos in. And it's just that casual. And they'll date them. And especially queens, it's like, if you go through their Twitter feeds or, like, who they follow, 90% of that's just porn stars. And it's, other drag queens. Hmm? And other drag queens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's all it is. Porn stars and drag queens. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so huge. That was... Okay, so, yeah, we left talking about leather. Otter. Otter is just a younger version of a bear is what I've perceived it as. Okay. And so that doesn't even necessarily mean you're overweight. You can be... Actually, I've heard pup also, too, in okay. place of, of otter. And so that's just a much more, like, 20s to 30s aged. Could be overweight. Could just be built... And okay. it more or less has to do with your body hair mm-hmm. and your manscaping techniques. So interesting, hairy but young. Yeah. Um, then pause. So HIV, HIV positive, okay. which is obviously a big contentious Important. point yep. in the gay community because we're what is considered an at risk because we're such a high percentage of population that has been tested for HIV positive. Then there's rugged. I really couldn't give you a definite. Like. <laughs> Definite like, like just explanation for that. Caveman, I would, ears, yeah, like, I would, I, I would, I would equate it yeah. to lumbersexual. Okay. in the heterosexual world is what I'd call l- rugged. And so there, I would say rugged. So there has to be some like definitely not clean cut. You can't be the clean shaven yeah. like bodybuilder, um, cut fit, fitness physique esque type of person. Rugged carries with it that like I'm fit. But I'll eat a cheeseburger every day of the week, and okay. I don't shave every day. But I like you clean up well. I clean up well. Okay, that's what that's how I classify rugged. And then you have trans, as in transgender, and then you have twink, which um, I've been called a twink before, and it completely caught me off guard because I've never described myself as slim or small or anything. But then you have twink, and the stereotypical twink is definitely the much younger, the fifteen to twenty-five age group. The slim body types, the type of people that um, could be male models, like have sunken cheekbones and like are aesthetically beautiful, not necessarily hairy, generally clean shaven, 
and young and uh, a lot of people would describe them as that flamboyant like friend you had in high school or flamboyant person you knew in high school is gotcha. probably a twink. Okay. Um, okay. So then, what what is your experience with the app then? I've had a lot of experiences. I mean, with the is app. it mainly a, hookup for you? Is it? And there's and obviously there's a range. And so, mm-hmm. yes, hooking up I think is what everyone perceives grinders being used for. And yes what I've used it for in actual practice has mostly been hooking up. I'll caveat that with one of my best friends that I've made within the gay community that I've talked to about most of my own issues and, like, development and relationships and frustrations um, and have never had, like, any physical attraction towards or have only even met once in person um, just to hang out and acquaint ourselves with. I've also met on Grinder, and so there are a lot of people that are looking for relationships primarily, and it's obviously the largest gay profile app out there. And so if you want to meet other gay males, Grinder is the place to go, because that is where the most people are, and you have the assurance that they are either bi, curious, or actually gay. Yeah. And so the, um, my experience primarily has been physical and I think that's how most people would perceive what that was used for um when I explained to Eliza how easy it is and what it is like it's like you could probably in a hundred under 150 characters be having sex with someone on the app mm-hmm. which blew her mind when she when yes. I explained that to her and actually can even say today had an interaction with a guy and it was just like hey hey what's up nothing much um, he sent a face picture. My face picture is already up. I was like, wow, you're really handsome. He's like, uh, thank you. Are you willing to text? I'm not necessarily very conservative about giving out my number. I gave him my phone number and my Snapchat. And as soon as he had my phone number, the first, he was like, hey, what's up? The next question was, are you top or a bottom? And I answered the question. And then the next like question that he sent was, we should hang out. So we're, I would say definitely under 300 characters this other 21-year-old aged person with obviously within yeah. the close proximity to me. Um, That's it. It's like, it's physical crazy. attraction, physical compatibility, and could do what I want to do with him. Well, it's so, if I so please do. Um, the other question, and maybe I saw this on something, is there a hit, is there a locked picture on Grinder? Was that ever a thing? That is where scruff. You could, scru- okay, I knew it was something where you could unlock... A hidden picture so, and 90% of them were so, dick pics. Um, Grinder, the way it works is you have your primary profile picture and you choose whatever that is and it has to be approved by Grinder staff before it is made public. Okay. And so it has to fit Grinder's guidelines, which I think are like you can't be in underwear, you can't be naked. Um, that doesn't mean you can't crop yourself to whatever situation that might mean to um, delineate that. Uh, it shouldn't really be group pictures. It shouldn't. You shouldn't be like exposing other people's identities on the app, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I know I've put a picture of myself in the middle of a group picture before, and I've been told like that was not fitting the standards, and I need to take it down. Um, I don't know, I've also put up a picture that I'm currently using, and it's just my collarbone up, and I've been told to take it down, and then end up putting it up again anyway, and it works itself through. Like I said earlier, one of the three options is you can report people, and so I think I've been like. I think the automatic response when you report someone, like if you report them for inappropriate pictures, they then tell you to mediate it. Um, I think that's just the way the algorithm works. But um, so then you have your pictures, except one of the things that makes Grindr more unique than most other apps is that you can also send pictures, 
within the app. Okay. So, and not only can you send pictures, it saves the pictures you send. So it's not like you have to take a brand new picture every time. Like, you have an archive of pictures that you can select and send. If you're a paid version of the member, you can send an unlimited number of pictures in one go. If you're an unpaid member, you have to individually select and send. Hmm. And so, um, yes, there's an archive. And I will also say that most of people's archive pictures are inappropriate, <laughs> to say the least. So. Okay. What? Like we said earlier, it's a hookup app. Um, Yeah, so I said earlier I just traded faces because that's what I'm most attracted to than anything else, and I can get past the rest of it. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. in a lot of situations, it's send this, send this, I want to see this, take me a picture of this, or, uh, and, yeah, everyone has their archive of needs. I I know I've been in situations where the conversation is literally, hey, hey, whole pick question mark they send a whole pick the other one sends a whole pick and then they go what? off and hook up so okay my my next question is like where do you meet what where where do you go so tinder, okay you go to a bar so, or a restaurant. so maybe with tinder it depends yeah. on what you're invited to do <laughs> yeah, because it's who you're talking to okay. um with grinder another like quintessential part of the conversation is can you host or can you or do you have to travel and that is a question that it comes out almost immediately. It's okay. like, can you facilitate us hooking up or do I have to travel to you? And if both of you are incapable of facilitating, like right now I'm on home, like at home in my dad's house, like have a little bit of an adverse personal. Yeah. I don't want to have sex yeah. in my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you don't want to um, let's, but Yeah, if we want to make this blunt. Yeah. Um, not that I think my parents would have an issue with it. They do know I'm openly gay, and they do know I'm sexually active. Yeah. But I just... Yeah, it's so weird. I'd be so uncomfortable. The, the concept of bringing a guy home is very foreign to me. And, and like, yeah. actually, earlier this week, I was sleeping in my sister's bed, and I was like, there is no way I'm hooking up with someone in my sister's bedroom in the house I grew up in. No! Like... It's just not happening, and so, uh, that, and that's just a personal thing. Fair. You could be much less inhibited. I've been invited to like have a hookup in someone's back shed because they're home uh, for the weekend. Uh, 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 yeah. Did you do it? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, I watched too much Criminal Minds for that stuff. Yeah, like, and then and then on the you know <laughs> you know we're also in a beach community, and so there's a lot of public open space that is dark Lots and on. <laughs> Unpoliced and regulated, mm-hmm. and so they're, oh, they're yeah. I have not. I think sand is it's disgusting. Bad. So it takes a while. You gotta prep right. That's <laughs> probably a, that's a personal thing, but yeah. And so there's there's all of those type of options. But back to the original topic. There's yeah. the host or travel type of situation. And so Eliza said, "Where do you meet?" And if you're on Grinder, you can ask someone out to drinks. You can ask someone like like there have been many situations where, especially when I'm traveling to big cities, I'll meet someone on the app and I'll be like, "Hey, I'm going to this bar." Um, say hi if you see me. Oh. Um, and then, like, have actually been interacted, like, been approached by guys, like, oh, yeah, like, we were talking earlier. And not everyone in person wants cool. to admit to the fact that you were talking on Grinder. But, like, yeah, I've I've been in Tallahassee visiting mm-hmm. Eliza at FSU and have actually been at a bar and, like, uh, ran it, like, started flirting with a guy at the bar. And then later in the conversation, he was like, oh, like, we were talking on Grinder. So... <laughs> 
Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. So where do you meet on Grinder? For the most part, it's very personal, immediate. You say, like, you can come over to my place or not. If I'm in Tuscaloosa, I can host is what it's called most of the time, which means I can invite people over. Okay. And if I'm attracted to you, if I'm confident you are who you are, I'll tell you, here's my address. I will let you in the building. Okay. And thankfully, I have a gate in between me and you before I let you into the building. So you're um, you Yeah. But, and, like, the walk to my actual physical condo that I live in, but other than that, gotcha. once you're in my place, things are generally getting it, getting on. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and just something quick to touch on is, like, I think there's definitely a conversation around how in gay culture, back when it was, like, unheard of to even say it out loud to anybody because, you know, you just get murdered, um, there, was, there was brothels and there was bathhouses, and I think... Now that we're able to speak about it, that culture has just found its way online, and yeah. it's it's still very similar. If you study the bathhouse bathhouse culture, it is very similar. They walked in, they and then it was like you said what kind of thing you wanted. You walked right in. Yeah, you got you're that, there. You you're right naked out. in what is essentially a spa type right. scenario, and it's like you hit on someone who you're interested in. You mm-hmm. establish whether or not you have physical compatibility. Physical compatibility, compatibility being their tops and bottoms, and first tops, first bottoms, et cetera, et cetera. Except at the end of the day, if, so, if you're having sex with another male, someone is doing the penetrating, and someone is doing the mm-hmm. taking. So yeah. Yeah. that is the how that works out. And you can also do the type of thing with flipping, and so both people do both. But at the end of the day, like Shelby said. It's like you establish what your role is going to be, and if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and you get it on. Wow. Yeah, it's very similar. It's just in, it's on an app, which is so strange to me. Okay. Do you want to talk about her a little bit? Yeah, her, like, they're really, I mean, I should invent this and just make the million, but I just don't want to. There's just not one for lesbians. Her is supposed to be for lesbians, and maybe this is because it's women and women are so much more in my brain like complex from dating both from going from doing tender with men and doing different dating apps with men how different it is to doing it with women women want to get to know you women want to know your feelings and your emotions and where you buy your makeup they're just so much more complex about wanting to know you they want to dig deeper into who you are before they even want to meet up with you gotcha unless they're strictly there for sex Uh so her is you can swipe any way you want. There's no, like, you have to swipe right or you have to swipe left. Like, you can just kind of, like, scroll. Um, but if you like, like, you can hit, like, the heart button. If they also hit the heart button, then you're, you're, you are connected and then somebody can start the chat. Um, I have never used her anywhere but here. Okay. And the lesbian culture down here is highly lacking. Okay. Um, and even in Tallahassee, like, I it just sucks like I have been so unable to find anybody anywhere down here that like that alone is why I want to get out of here and like move to LA just so I have a dating pool even just to have a lesbian friend would be nice because I don't at least it doesn't that lives here like I don't have anybody near me so hers I have never had an interaction leave the app from her okay ever gotcha it maybe started and then it, I've deleted and re-downloaded that app like 5,000 times, wow. but it never works. Wow. Ever. Damn. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. So sorry. So I guess what kind of strikes me about social media app dating, and I guess just dating online in general, is especially with social media, how do you know that you're getting what you're getting? You know, we have catfish, we have all of these concerns, but at what point do you be like, 
okay, this is okay. Like, this is all right. I can meet you. I trust you. Where is that line? Because with me, when I, with my one Tinder date, um, I was a scared shitless. And then I needed to make sure that like, we, you know, were from, I, that I snapped him and made sure that like, he really did have that dog that he said he had and that he really did live in the place that he said he lived. And then <laughs> like, even before I, saw him like actually went up to him he was already there and there was a porch and I stood there and I watched him and I made sure he was him before I walked up because I'm just I I stranger danger you know and I was like are you gonna shove me in a van are you going to steal my wallet and kick me in the shins what are you gonna do like how do I know that you're a harmless human and that you are here for good and like but I was also looking for a relationship and didn't really know how to I don't know I just didn't know what to do and like I have no real experience to attest to other than that and like the thought of people just like hosting and then you walking in and being like okay like let's let's Mm. do the dirty like it just blows my freaking mind because I just I'm like are you gonna rape me or not Uh, you know yeah it just worries me so how do you how do you get past that is that a culture thing is that a personal thing Uh, okay. Or what's your line? What is your, like, for you, is it just, like, an automatic hookup and that's fine? Is it... Okay, so I, I think there's a couple, like, different, like, situations that have to be clarified okay. slightly. let's do it. And so, obviously, on Grindr, everyone's expectation is that you are interested in having sex okay, with so the other person. So it depends on the medium. For the, yeah, so slightly. And so for the most part, if what has been arranged through Grindr is that, like, okay, you're coming over to my place, like, we've exchanged nude pictures um we've established the role that we're going to play when you get here uh then yes like it's completely sexual it's almost transactional and it's very physical and so there is no like concern like are you going to be raped like we've already decided we're having sex so that's true so that's a little bit of a definition except obviously you can probably pull in the definition that like Maybe clothes come off, and I've decided that no, I don't want yeah. want to anymore. And so that that could be one of those things. Like I, I can actually say from personal experience, I've definitely felt like, oh, like we did all this, and I put myself in this situation, and so I'm going to continue with the situation, even though maybe I really don't want to. Yeah. Um. And so that that's obviously like a contentious topic and probably slightly controversial, because yeah, like there's a nude exchange. I knew what you looked like. I knew what I was getting into. Um. But sometimes, like, you kind of get that mood, like, I've definitely been in the situation where I'm like, okay, this needs to end as fast as possible. Okay. And we need to get on with our lives, yeah. and we're not talking again after yeah. this. Uh, okay, so safety, uh, There, like you said, there's probably a really large factor, because I've totally, I, at least personally, um, I've never, like, walked into someone's house without seeing them first. Because I've totally been told, just come in the front door and sit down before. And I'm like, no you need to let me in the physical door. Yeah. And so, like, obviously this is still, like, a hookup type of situation, and so it's, like, I'm, like, no, like, you need to open the door for me to come in. And, like, I'm not going to just walk in the front door and sit down on the couch or something because that freaks me out to no end. And that being said, like, uh, obviously there is way more danger that could happen even if those type of circumstances happen. And so... It's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, we talked about earlier before this podcast started that like there's a certain level of trust, and I don't I don't know if it's trust. 
necessarily that the gay man like gay males have, or yeah. if it's even respect. Um, I've read plenty of articles about grinder serial killers, like rapists, et cetera, et cetera. People walking into certain situations that they were not at all aware of. There's actually a really popular meme of Hillary Clinton walking through someone's apartment that is obviously a very low income apartment, and it's like I think the meme is like when when the tin, when you walk in for the Tinder hookup and you know you're gonna die is one of the memes that has been circulated no. on like popular yeah. grinder and like just popular like social media platforms. Yeah. Just joking about the gay hookup situation, and that's that's totally true. I've totally walked into very sketchy situations, and also me. Just this is probably a little bit more personally than anyone needs to know. Is like I like to play the submissive role uh-huh. in um, a physical connotation, and so um, that obviously leads to its own concerns. Is that I'm always, even to this day, I've had enough hookups to know that like most people on Grindr can be trusted but even to this day I do not walk into a situation completely guard down constantly looking watching making sure that I think and feel safe before it continues Um, and so that's that's probably a thing but then there's also been situations where I've invited people over to my house and I've hid literally everything that is valuable kept a knife like in the nightstand drawer and like was kind of contemplating a backup plan. And also another thing I've always, if I know that I'm going to hook up with someone, I've always told someone, Mm -hmm. a close friend, that, like, I'm going to this address to meet this person, and I should be home by this time. Yeah. Um, So those are are just particular safety situations. And so, like you said earlier, like, yeah, there's a lot of trust that goes into it, and luckily I've never had a bad experience. I've read about bad experiences in the past, and... it can be dangerous, and so the safety factor is slightly alarming. But, yeah. And like you said earlier with Tinder, um, there's a verification factor. Um, We spoke earlier in the podcast about um, linking Tinder to Facebook, and Grindr, you just put up whatever picture you want. Mm -hmm. For the most part... um, all of my grinder interactions don't only exist on grinder. Okay. I always, especially when I have a face picture up and I'm confident in the situation that I am, I'll precurse that with yeah. when I'm at the University of Alabama, I do not have a face picture up. I've had some bad interactions with people who I know who do not like me. <sighs> and so I don't like necessarily knowing Jeez. any everyone on the app yeah. using it that I this is my profile, here yeah. I am. You have every opportunity to say whatever you want to say to me, send whatever you want to send to me, do whatever you want to do to me. Yeah over an online context. And I've had some bad experiences with that. We won't get into that in this podcast. But that that so in Tuscaloosa, I don't use a face picture. Almost everywhere else I do, though. Yeah. Um, and it almost always leads to a send me your Snapchat, send me your phone number, give me an Instagram, add me on Facebook. I generally do verify your identity using a social media platform. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking because I, I'm not going to lie, like, I had stigmas. This is why we're doing this is because I was questioned about your safety, the safety of the culture in general, and, like, why we subvert our personal safety, like, in order to hook up. Mm -hmm. And, like, as you're sitting here talking about this, I'm like, well, I've been home, I've been drunk as shit, and I've gone home with guys at bars to their own houses, and, like, thank God I've had good, you know, outcomes, and, like, it's consensual, Mm -hmm. I wanted to go, I've gone willingly, and, like, whatever happened there, like, was willing, and, like, I was, like, I knew it was happening, but I was drunk, and, like, I probably wouldn't have done it if I was sober. And, like, but but that's the same thing, is, like, hookup culture in general is scary as shit. And, like, I, I didn't know where I was going. I've hooked up with people in Gainesville, like, gone home with guys at bars. I don't know Gainesville. Like, I don't know where I am. I don't know the guy. Like, and I, I do stupid shit. And, like, that's even worse than being lucid and 
meeting a person on the internet. Like, I couldn't even tell you what the guy's name was, you yeah. know? And, like, I'm sitting here on my, thinking, like, you can get robbed! And, See, and I, I can actually even say, like, I've been in brand new cities, I'll say specifically Dallas and Atlanta, where I've actually walked into someone's place, turned around, and walked right back out. Yes! See? And that's dope. And, like, I wouldn't have walked out, like... I don't know. I'd be like, all right, I got some hair on. See, and I think, you like, know? hookup culture for lesbians is so different. Yeah. Especially down here. If it happens, it's, like, a once-in-a-million opportunity. But any time I travel out of here, like, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had, and I, to clarify, I'm definitely in the dominant role of things. Okay. Which I think is important to clarify which side you're on because it... It adds. It affects the hookup yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, especially for lesbians because it's... There's a lot of planning that goes into lesbian sex. It's a totally different conversation. But that that affects the hookup as well. Because okay. there's lots of things you have to prep for. Um, I can say that, obviously, with the gay sex mm-hmm. side. Like, there's, there's a lot of prep. There's, there, there is prep work that goes <laughs> in, into it. Uh-huh. You don't just... This is something that every heterosexual friend I've ever had is like, oh, you don't have spontaneous sex. I'm like... You can't. Nope. Nope. That doesn't really exist. Nope. Just what to say. You're, like, you're not... That you're, spontaneous the, sex. The, the parts that are being used are not intended for those... Roles yeah. and so yes, there is preparation that wow. allows for that to happen. Well, and a lot of the stuff that you find with lesbians is some girls like toys and some girls don't like toys and yeah. some girls just want it to be totally body oriented, finger oriented, whatever. But if they don't want just finger oriented, then that's a lot of prep. I mean, that's somebody's either packing a bag or somebody's got it at their house. Wow. So it, it there's a lot that goes into that. But for me, I think because we're females and it's a lot more feely, I guess, is that. They they want to be treated well, so there's it's not very often that we just hook up, we have sex, we leave. It's more like I've cooked dinner for you, we've opened a bottle of wine. Now we're gonna have sex, and then maybe we're gonna cuddle, and then you're gonna leave. Okay. It's it's always like it's a it's a date. It's like an event. It's okay. not just like a quick get it over, get it on, get out. I've had those, but it's it's only been in L.A. Okay. and New York. Gotcha. But that's it. Definitely doesn't happen down here. Wow. Um. But my line my line is definitely a lot longer at least for the first time like if I've had girls who are just hookup girls I, I still have girls that are just kind of hookup girls and that's all they want to be yeah is just like when you're in town like let's get together we're gonna have sex and then I'm probably not gonna see you again for six months and then the next time I see you we'll have sex again and that's it but the line the first time for me is like we've got to meet at a Starbucks or something yeah. and we've got to have a conversation because I'm in that same mindset of like I'm going to die or you're going to shoot me right. or you've got something planned. And I don't, I feel like that's stronger for women mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's rape culture. And there's, yeah. there's a whole discussion we're, we're around that as well. Right. That. Yeah. I mean, your parents tell you that from yeah. the, when you go to homecoming, it's right. like the first time you go on a date to a dance, it's like, watch out. You yeah. know, if you say no, no means no. And like, you, you just are grown up in that yeah. kind of stigma. So I think it's a lot stronger for, for females. And that's even just the media. Yeah. Like it, it's just different for us. So I guess, I, I know it's time to wrap up, but, like, me, I'm, like, I'm still, like, this epiphany that I had about, like, going home with a guy at the bar is, like, just the same, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's not the same, but... I mean, it really... Do we destigmatize? Like, do we normalize dating? Like, at how... I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. Has this like, become our dating norm, I think, um, is... Right? I think particularly through the LGBTQ lens, which yeah. is why you asked me here and yeah. why yeah. me and Shelby have been having a dialogue, is that... It is the most predominant way okay. to find a potential partner. Well, see, and that's what I was going to say, is, like, you can't just... 
you can't just meet somewhere. Like, okay. it's not like yeah. you're, because girls aren't just going to walk up to right. girls, and most guys aren't going to walk up to guys in the South. Okay. Because you don't know whether they're straight or not, or whether, if they're conservative and straight, and you just walk up to a guy and start hitting on him, you're risking your life in some situations, depending on what part of the South you're in. Like, I grew up in New Orleans, but if you go outside of New Orleans, even, like, a little bit, you get to Monroe or, like, the boondocks areas, and you try crap like that, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be seen again. Like, you still live in that very Bible Belt culture where if they even find out that you're a homosexual, like, your life's over. So you just don't do that down here. In L.A. and New York and places like that, and I don't want to make it sound like L.A. and New York are the only ones. There's plenty in the U.S., but... Um, you can just walk yeah. up to a woman and there's things like lady getters that we wear in big cities like that, that like, it's kind of a way of us signifying that we're lesbians. Okay. Um, that's a little tricky, but like here you just don't do that. And so down here, the only way to find them is to get on a gay dating app and try to find a lesbian or a... Yeah, exactly. So obviously having grown up in suburb of Pensacola and go yeah. to the University of Alabama, there, there isn't a scenario or a social setting where you just go to meet guys to meet guys because you're attracted to. And obviously, you can do things that will attract guys to you. If you yeah. look at me right now, I'm wearing a golf polo and I'm wearing shorts that are from an Australian company that go five inches up my knee and are tighter than tight. Mm-hmm. And so, there, like, obviously, like, I can draw attention to myself that way in public and people can probably perceive that, oh, he might be, and then if you have someone who's confident enough, might hit on me. Wow. Except you have to like, kind of rely on social media. Yeah. And that doesn't also necessarily mean Grindr or Tinder or Bumble. Mm-hmm. I've had success quotation marks sliding into dms on instagram before yeah and so there there are platforms like that too like obviously our generation is innovating and doing things that work for us and what we like to do and what makes us feel appropriate and confident and accepting of and so there there are those opportunities and that i've been introduced to that like much more recently and so those have been things that i've been trying to is like literally talking to people on instagram like liking a photo and obviously you know when there's a little bit of physical attraction just based on how you yeah. How you interact with someone's Instagram profile, or you add a friend on Facebook and like a couple pictures, send a message, Instagram, slide into the DMs, Twitter, same thing. Um, and so there's obviously that social media lens. And then, like Shelby said, if you're in a big city, like there's obviously a lot more opportunity. If you have a strip of bars that are known as being oh, yeah. LGBTQ, you have much more opportunity to meet that, meet someone other than like in Tuscaloosa, we have one and it is kind of perceived as a, like, oh, like, yeah, it's the gay bar, but oh. who actually goes to yeah, the gay gotcha. bar? <laughs> who gotcha. goes there? Um, All right. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, thank, thank you for having the conversation with us. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for guiding the conversation, because it could have went any number of ways. Good. We appreciate the different perspective. Yeah, no, we, we want it a lot. And, yeah, you guys, let us know what you think. Comment, like, what do you think about all of this, and your personal experiences yeah what are your experiences let us know in the comments uh other than that we'll see you guys next week yeah like our social medias please we like your support and feel free to reach out with any questions i think too oh Oh, yes questions oh please all righty guys we will see you next week all right bye. Bye. bye